up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. So Chris, here's the thing. I was listening to this other podcast. I, I think it was Armchair, you know, everybody's favorite armchair expert. And they had like some sociologists on there and they were talking about the definition of intimacy. And they defined intimacy as someone that you can be completely honest with without fear of judgment. That's not a bad definition. And I really like that definition because I, think I can get behind that. Well, it just goes to show that you and I are now intimate with you one another, Chris, because well, for that very reason. So thanks, buddy. Uh, that could be like a tagline, I guess. I hope not. Dad's kitchen. Let's get intimate. <laughs> right. It it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> hurt when you've got a, a great cocktail in your hand. You know, it helps with intimacy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I think I think that there is something to that, Phil. I think that as we've talked about, there's something. I don't know, especially about sharing food at the table with people, with our families, with our friends. But yeah, there's there's also an element of maybe intimacy does like encompass a lot of it because there's there's kind of like an extra freedom. There's there's also something about like sitting across from someone else and just kind of like being there together, like in this shared activity of 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 food and I think cocktails or other beverages, you know, I do think that the act of sharing whatever that is kind of is the same type of deal and maybe even more so Phil, obviously, you know, there's an added level of intimacy Do you too. Whatever beverage you have in your hand. We did a series on sauces and I really liked the way that turned out, but what fun is it to just talk about sauces without getting sauce? So let's dive right into a series on cocktails. <laughs> You're just going to keep the, the name the same? Yeah, we'll come up with something a little more clever, but yeah, let's uh, let's get sauce for real this time, and and let's do a series on cocktails. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I, th- I think that sounds good. I'm okay with that. I'll, although that transition wasn't as awkward as I feel like it could have been, and maybe would have been appreciated, but we'll go with it. I also think it's great because especially after that, uh, well, how is our New Year's episode actually? A little bit of an overview on cocktails from, you know, the David Embry perspective, I guess, kind of like some some old school cocktail thought. That definitely launched me down a little bit of a cocktail rabbit hole and been a little bit obsessed with kind of learning as much as I can since then. So I think it should be fun. It was a lot of information and I think it beckons to to just like dive deeper into into what all of that means. Yeah. And I think that there is really kind of no better place to start than the old fashioned. I think it's something that everybody's familiar with at some level. If you're an adult male, you probably love an old fashioned. If you're an adult female, you probably love an old fashioned. If you're an adult non-binary, you probably love an old fashioned. I know it was like the the first drink that I that I ordered. I, you know, not not first drink, but like first cocktail. You know, at like a little speakeasy. I wanted to sound cool, so I ordered an old fashioned. And now I don't just want to sound cool; I want to be cool. So you can be my bartender, Chris. <laughs> let's let's make some old fashions and let's let's dive in. 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily everybody's cup of tea. It's a little bit on the stronger side. It's, it's boozy. It's not overly sweet. I think it can be done absolutely poorly, and I think it often has over the years. But I think we've also like had this little bit of an evolution back towards, I don't know, maybe what I think of as a good old-fashioned. Because I know that some of the first old-fashions that I ever had, looking back, were really, really terrible. I didn't hate them. I kind of liked them at the time, but I didn't necessarily have anything they like judge it against. I actually think that that style of old fashioned might be one that was just kind of a passing fad, if you will. So maybe maybe we should start by kind of going back to the, the beginning. That sounds good. Yeah, hit, hit up some of the origins here. So the old fashioned, and I do want to just little pet peeve of mine, dive into the fact that it is a past tense noun, so it is it is an old fashioned and not a, not just an old fashioned. And this cocktail, it, it it's called that because it's kind of the original cocktail. Um, started around you know mid nineteenth century. Started out with basically a sugar cube, some bitters, couple ounces of Jennifer Chris, some good old good old fashioned Jennifer, no pun intended, and then like some water. I don't know what's Jennifer. Is it a, is it a gin? I don't I don't think it's necessarily a gin per se. It's it is like juniper based. I I think of Jennifer as being like super juniper heavy. So it's it's kind of in the gin family. I don't I don't remember what they use as like like what, what they're actually distilling. If it is like a grain or, or or what? Yeah, definitely definitely like a very very juniper forward. Sure. So you basically take that. You take some water as well, and you finish it off with a twist. Oddly enough, people got super curious about it, and they would. Like put some other spices in there, like maybe some cinnamon or some nutmeg. And if you were to go to a bar in like the 1850s and you ordered a cocktail, that's basically what you're getting. Like it started out as the cocktail. Yeah. And I think back then it was one of those things that everybody kind of had their own recipe for. You know, each each bartender would, would kind of have their own special spin on it. And like there wasn't like a spec recipe that was going around. And I, I think I think for cocktails in general, you know, just like a large part of the creation of a cocktail was taking a spirit base that probably wasn't that great and trying to make it palatable. You know, part of that is, is adding sugar to kind of take some of that edge off. You're diluting it down and then kind of giving it like some flavor with that spice or bitters, whatever they were putting in it. That makes sense. All right, so that's step one. We can't have the old-fashioned that we both love today without that original cocktail. But then America being America was like, but what about whiskey? Whiskey's delicious. So we took this quote-unquote rye cocktail and we got really floofy with it. We started adding like all kinds of different types of syrup. You could throw some curacao in there, some maraschino, maraschino, whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe maybe some absinthe because absinthe is amazing. And of course, you've got your bitters because you can't have a cocktail without bitters. And then some rye. And I don't know, Chris, are you a rye guy or a bourbon guy when it comes in old fashioned? Okay. We might have to talk about that later because yes. <laughs> because yes, that's fair. Yep. Sure. Just equal parts. <laughs> no, no, no. It just depends on what, what I'm in the mood for. I got, I got versions, Phil. I got versions. I agree. All right. So th then we had this rye cocktail and this was like just kind of a way to like make that original cocktail a little more fun and lively, I guess, and definitely sweeter. And what well, that was like maybe 10, 15, 20 years after that original cocktail. And then that takes us to, I guess, what was originally coined as an old fashioned because people were going to these, yeah. What, what, do you, what would we call them back then? They're not pubs. 
they're not speakeasies. That wouldn't be until the 20th century. What were they even called? Drinking establishments? Was it a bar? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think like a bar or saloon. Uh, I don't sure. Know. I don't know if it'd be quite saloon era. Maybe, maybe it is. Definitely like like a bar or a tavern. People are showing up to drink and they're unhappy with how flamboyant this original cocktail has become. So they're like, everybody just slow down. We don't need all that fluff. Let's take a sugar cube. Let's soak it in bitters. Let's throw two ounces of rye in there. Add some ice. Throw in a twist. And you've got yourself an old-fashioned. And why do we call it an old-fashioned? Because we want to get back to that original cocktail. And thus the name Old Fashioned. That's like at the turn of the century. So now we're getting into the 20th century. Somebody named Roosevelt is president, I think. And America is heading to, well, America. It's becoming more of what it already is. I'm not a history guy, so. Read a biography once or twice on Roosevelt, I think. I might be thinking of Bush. Can't remember. Not a history guy. I mean, they're both presidents. Pretty much the same thing. Same guy. All the presidents are interchangeable, (laughs) right? Yes. And I, and I didn't okay. like differentiate which Roosevelt, which Bush, doesn't matter. They're all the same. So Chris, it seems like we're doing okay when it comes to what the old fashioned is. But then a guy by the name of Don Draper comes on the scene and ruins everything. But you're not a Mad Men fan, are you? I would probably enjoy it if I watched it, but I never have really given it a chance. Yeah, it's actually pretty great, but they kind of screwed up on their cocktails. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot that I learned about cocktails from watching that show. I didn't know what a Negroni was until I watched that show. So certainly very thankful for that. But what I'm trying to say is (laughs) mid-century, circa 1950s thereabouts, they start muddling their old fashioned. They take orange and they take cherries and they throw some, could be simple syrup, could be a sugar cube. They throw some bourbon in there. And then they just muddle the crap out of this thing. And then you basically have like a pulpy orange juice and it's disgusting. Yes. Yes. So Mad Men was a great show, but that era is over. And I think we can like fast forward to today. Jump in the future 70 years. What is the current old fashioned? Like the, we'll even call it the postmodern old fashioned. The old fashioned that you made yourself this evening for this beautiful podcast what do we have today? Because it's certainly not that crap that they were doing in the mid-1950s. I have I have quite a few different versions of old fashions that I enjoy. I would say the one that I, I would say that I think of as my prototypical, like, go-to classic old fashion when I'm in that mood. You know, two ounces of, for me, a bourbon. And I, I kind of do like an overflowing bar spoon of simple and I tend to use like a rich simple. Uh, so it's like a two to one. And then two dashes of Angostura and a dash of Reagan's. And then kind of stir all that up uh, over uh, like one large piece of ice. And then I'll, I'll actually express an orange peel over it and kind of hit the rim and then drop that in and express a lemon peel and drop that in as well. And that, that's like my go-to. That, that's what I feel like, I don't know, in, embodies the the whole spirit of the old-fashioned. In a nutshell, is it basically simple syrup, bitters, and bourbon? Sure. I think if you're talking about ingredients, but I also think that the old-fashioned is something that is, uh, you know, simple enough that how you how you build it comes into play a little bit as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like an, I would say it's a drink where we can get, where the artistry can come out. 
a little bit, would you say? Uh, as a template? Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that the old fashioned is, I don't know, it feels like very prototypical for cocktails in general in that you have in its simplest form, like a base spirit, which is often like either a bourbon or a rye. And then you have something to balance out that base. And in our case, we're using a simple just because it's a lot easier than using sugar. You know, that uh, bitters soaked sugar cube doesn't always dissolve. And so you've got that kind of granular sugar at the bottom and it's not like necessarily evenly sweetening out the whole drink. So you've got your your base or core spirit, some some balance in the simple and then some spice with your bitters. And as a template, I think it's a really interesting place to start, especially like once you find what you like, then you can start experimenting. Now, I think I've seen you even use maple syrup. Yeah. I mean, okay. So when you're, when you're thinking about experimenting with a cocktail, you have a template that works with old fashioned. And one of the easiest ways to start experimenting a bit is just by subbing in different things for either that base or core or your balancing agent or the spice agent. So uh, another one of my go-to, not to discount your, your maple syrup, because I think maple syrup actually is a great sweetener. And it adds just like a, a little bit of a different uh, flavor profile than like a, a simple would. But another one of my go-to old-fashioned, I guess, recipes would be a rye old-fashioned. So two ounces of rye. I still use simple when I do that one, except when I'm doing my bitters, I'm actually using two dashes of I have the Bitter Truths chocolate bitters and a dash of Angostura. And that just does something really, really interesting to the spiciness of a rye. So, I mean, like like a, a bourbon is going to be a little bit more, typically like a little bit more sweet than a rye. A rye, just, you know, if we're talking like broad categories, is going to be more spicy. And so getting that chocolate bitters with still some some Angostura just is is super interesting and it, it's kind of crazy how much of a difference just those couple dashes of bitters can make to the overall flavor profile of the drink. Hang on one second. I just opened my Southwest app. Yep, there it is and perfect. Checked out. I just bought a ticket to come fly to you so that you can, you know, make me one of those because I'm really curious about the different types of bitters that you're using. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, tomorrow night then, Phil. Tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a red eye. I hope you can pick me up. Of course. But yeah, I think that like in general, like I said, it's a really interesting core family of of possibilities. If, if you're going to sit down and make an old fashioned, like what what's your process, Phil? Yeah, well, I, I think like the last time I made a batch of old fashions for, for some friends, I, I actually made the simple syrup, which is pretty much just equal parts sugar and water and, you know, just do it on the stove. Obviously, you want to let that cool so that you're not torching your drink, but ma- make some simple syrup and a fair amount of bitters. I, I really like the flavor of bitters. And, you know, we're just talking like a basic Angostura, but I'll, I'll make it extra bitter. I mean, I'll give it like five or six or seven or eight you know, little glugs of, of that stuff. I just really like the flavor of it. And then I'm, I'm typically going to go bourbon on an old fashioned, although I've, I've done it with rye and I've, I've never disliked it, but I think the, the, you know, the bourbon has just like the perfect element of sweetness to it. So, so I really, I really like bourbon and then, you know, that a a classic old fashioned is going to have ice, but I like, I like to have it neat. I'm not really sure where I picked that up. I, I, I mean, I, I, I sit my bourbon neat. And so I think, I think having a cocktail neat is, is certainly fine for me. And then I'll do either a twist or a cherry. 
incredibly basic, really. It's 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 not bad, but it's so yeah. good every time. It's it's for sure one of my favorite cocktails. Okay, so do you stir yours over ice and then like strain it off into a glass on its own? I I've done it that way. You know, shaken or stirred or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes I'll just throw it in a glass and drink it just like that. You know, give it a little stir with like the back of a butter knife or something. And I don't know. I don't know if I like have a preference really if it if it needs to be a certain temperature. I don't know. Maybe it's something as simple as I don't think it has to have ice, so I just don't put it in there. Well, I, I think I think that in general with cocktails, one thing that either stirring it with ice or shaking it with ice does is actually dilute it. And dilution is a part of making cocktails. You know, there's there's this idea, especially with with if you're batching cocktails, say you're you're, you're batching cocktails and you're going to chill it, and then you can just pour it off. You kind of figure out what that ideal dilution rate would be. And then you add that amount of water. And so, because when you're making a cocktail over ice, you're bringing in two elements. You are bringing in the chill, but you're also bringing in that like little bit of water that can help with some of the balance. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I think gets tricky with an old fashioned is, is finding that place of balance. I, I think I definitely went through some periods where I was throwing a lot of bitters in. And then I realized that it, it kind of was, for me, not, it didn't feel as balanced. And I think I was not adding enough enough sweetness to it and and the sweetness kind of in a way acts it almost acts like a salt like sugar can act like a salt in that it doesn't always have to bring like candy level sweetness but it can bring it enhances flavors and can bring and tie flavors together too so that's one thing that i had to kind of figure out for myself is that for my palate i was like way over bittering stuff and then it left it feeling a little almost like a little too dry as opposed to something that like had like a little bit more of an overall balance so for me switching to a a rich simple so like a two to one simple instead of unequal parts really kind of brought a, a little bit more of an interesting balance to the whole thing. But I, th- I think that the old-fashioned template overall is really a great one to experiment with and to try different things with because you'll, you'll figure out what you like. Really, a, a good cocktail is maybe a little subjective. Everybody has a different palate and and different tastes and different preferences. But kind of kind of like I, I said with my my rye and chocolate bitters version, there are a lot of ways to start playing around with that. You can play around with and kind of substitute different things in for all of those different elements. So one version that I really like, I, I made it like last week or so, is, is called a Fancy Free. And Really, it's an old-fashioned. You've got your two ounces of Orion. Instead of using simple, it's a, a half ounce of maraschino liqueur. So like a Luxardo or something along those lines. And then bitters. But you also mentioned not necessarily feeling like you have to go on the rocks all the time with, with your old-fashioned, which to me like instantly brings up the Sazerac which typically you'll, you'll make it over ice, stir it, and then serve it up in an old-fashioned glass or a rocks glass. And what is a Sazerac but the old-fashioned template? What is the Sazerac but the greatest thing to ever come out of the world, dare I say? Sure. I definitely, I can enjoy a Sazerac. So, I mean, a Sazerac is typically like, like you're splitting that base between rye and cognac. And then you're going to kind of build it out a lot like an old fashioned, but you're also adding like an additional spice agent in that absinthe rinse. And I think that's really kind of what brings it to its own. I mean, like absinthe can really be an interesting spice substitution in a lot of cocktails. So like you take that fancy free, 
which is like a spirit, like a, a rye bourbon, maraschino, and and like Angostura. Or often I've seen a lot of like splits between Angostura and like an orange bitters. But then you can throw absinthe in that, and that's like a whole new cocktail. And I'm pretty sure that's kind of the basis of like the improved whiskey cocktail right there. So once you get that template of an old-fashioned, you can start subbing those things out for other things that sound good, like instead of simple syrup. Let's throw some maple syrup in there. Sub out that base. Like I've seen really interesting rum old fashions or like a mezcal base for an old fashioned. Really a lot of things are possible. Well, as always, Chris, your explanations are incredibly sophisticated. And, you know, just jumping real quick back to that very first Jennifer cocktail, it could be a lot of things. It was kind of dealer's choice at your drinking establishment, I think is what we established with the name would be. And like that original Jennifer cocktail, we want to know from our fans, from our listeners, from our subscribers, from our raters, from our reviewers, from you guys. How do you make an old-fashioned? What's what's your fancy little twist to it? So like and subscribe and do all the things. Hit us up on social at Dad's Kitchen Co., but definitely subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps with the weird little ticks that go into podcasting and it helps us be seen so that we can then reach more people. Is that is that too much, Chris? Is that too kitschy? 